and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, we're going to get straight into the Word of God this morning. Uh, Next week, of course, our Christmas season really begins. And so today is, in some ways, my final opportunity to preach a message that is kind of like non-Christmas related. Uh, So I'm going to make it a goodie. (laughs) And uh, not that I don't mind preaching around Christmas. I've got uh, some really good messages. But uh, this one is something that's been on my heart all week. So if you have your Bibles, if you could please turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 10. And uh, we just want to welcome our online family as well. We love our online family watching from across the globe. I pray the presence of God touched you as we worship Jesus together. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, when you have it, can I have a good amen? amen? Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters. So he's writing to Christians. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another. Husbands and wives said, Amen. (laughs) In what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Verse 11. For some members of Chloe's household, the Dobbers, (laughs) have told me about your quarrels. (laughs) So Chloe's like, she's feeding information, her household. (laughs) Imagine being known about that in the Bible. It's kind of set for eternity. (laughs) For for some members of Chloe's household, who has a sibling like that, anyone? Has told me about your quarrels. My dear brothers and sisters, some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. I don't know if you've ever experienced a friend who approaches the topic of conversation with you. I have some good news and some bad news for you. Who knows someone like that? We've all experienced someone who introduces the conversation with us. I have some good news and I have some bad news. The Corinthian church is essentially a church that we could say, We've got some good news and we've got some bad news. The good news is, is that the Apostle Paul says that this church was enriched in every way. In fact, Paul says about this church that they came short in no gift. That is, the gifts of the Spirit were in full operation in this church. However, Paul says there's some things that we also need to fix up as well. And one of the challenges with this Corinthian church is that they associated and built their loyalty and their identity to what we should say and call them, and that is servants of Christ. Some said they were of Paul. Some said they were of Apollos. Some said that they were of Peter. And eventually what we see is a spiritual church that became a divided church. One of Satan's great tactics in the body of Christ is to bring 
division. The sums of God are addition and multiplication. The sums of the devil are division and subtraction. And so here we see a spiritual church, not a bad church, a spiritual church that falls into division. If you've been around long enough, one of the most tragic things to really ever experience in a church community is a church that is divided. They were in one accord in one place. Some people can be in one place, doesn't necessarily mean they are in one accord. So Paul challenges this church and says to them, a four-way faction has developed in a spiritual church. Come on, stay with me this morning. A four-way faction. Some say Paul. Now, some loved Paul because Paul, what a great teacher. And in fact, the church that Paul is writing to is the one that he established. And he spent 18 months on his second missionary journey establishing this church. So some of the believers said, we feel an affinity or a, uh, an affiliation, I should say, with the Apostle Paul. But then there were others who said, well, we actually like Apollos because Apollos spent some time ministering at the Corinthian church as well. And you will find that Apollos was a very intelligent man and an eloquent communicator as shown in Acts chapter 18. So some people felt we feel this connection with Apollos. And then there were those who said, well, Paul's good and Apollos is good, but we really feel a connection with the Apostle Peter because out of all those that were mentioned, Peter really was the one who actually spent three and a half years with Jesus. He was the one who actually walked on water and he was the one who preached in Acts chapter two at the birth of the church. And after all, he was the one who really saw Christ on a day-to-day basis. So we feel more connected with the Apostle Peter. But Paul mentions a fourth faction and that is the faction of those who say, we will only follow Christ. Now, at first glance, you would ask yourself the question, well, isn't that the good faction then? Isn't it right that we should all pursue Christ? However, the Apostle Paul names them as the Christ faction. Now, watch this. Watch the verse again. Read it properly. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos. Or I follow Peter. Watch this. Or I follow only Christ. That is a single devotion. Come on, church. A single devotion taken to an unhealthy extreme rejecting all authority, even authority that has been appointed by Christ Himself. And Paul says that group is also a faction in the body of Christ. These people made the mistake of emphasising the messenger and not 
the message of the Word. And when we emphasise this in modern day Christianity, when this occurs in a church and in the body of Christ, we end up with splintered factions because the church has taken its eyes off Jesus Christ and placed them upon His servants. In America, we see a lot of this. Love the US. It's one of my favourite places to go. I'm not one of these people who speak ill of the United States because the fact is we actually have Pentecostal Christianity in Australia because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the Azusa Street Revival. We are a product. However, you will see if you travel there a splintered factions and an overemphasis on servants. I've been to a church over there. You, you never really ever hear me from the platform speaking ill of other ministries. I'm not that kind of minister of the gospel. I believe in, in that the platform is a life-giving platform. But in going to this location, uh, the pastor in the church, literally across the foyer of the church, there was life-size paintings of him as people walked into the church. And so these people had taken a servant of Christ and put him in a place that does not belong to him. I've been to a church, a large church, a good church, a healthy church. And this is what they said to me. They said, we don't tell our congregation when pastor is not preaching because half of the church won't turn up. And we see the church making heroes out of people that have been placed in places that belongs to Jesus. Corinthians says, chapter three, verse four, Paul says again, when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, Paul says, you're being carnal. That's carnal Christianity. Carnality is essentially Christianity or attempted Christianity without the Holy Spirit. He says, you're being carnal. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? Aren't we just ministers through whom you believe? It was actually the Lord, Paul's saying, who actually gave us this grace. Verse six, I planted, Apollos watered, but it's God. It's God who actually gives the increase. Now watch what Paul says. So then neither he who plants is anything, nothing. Nor he who waters, but the miracle is God who gives the increase. Paul's saying, all we are is servants who gave ourselves to our assigned tasks. It's God who actually gives the increase. And the church then does not belong to a method. It does not belong to a preacher. Neither does it belong to a congregation. It's God's church. You're doing okay? So what does Paul then do to fix 
this celebrity hero-making culture that existed in the early church. You think it exists, exists today, basically history really does just repeat itself. So. so what does Paul do? Let's see. Well, Paul speaks firstly, watch this, he speaks to the foundation. This, what we're talking about, is a foundational issue in the life of a believer. Now, when you think about the foundation, it really is the most important part of a building. It determines the size of the building. It determines the shape of the building. It really does determine the strength of the superstructure. So let's watch what Paul says to deal with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, he says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. One man sows, another man waters. But he's talking to ministers now. Let each one take heed how he builds on it. Watch this, verse 11, here's, here's our verse. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You cannot build the church on a famous preacher. Neither can you build Horizon Church on me. You cannot build the church on a special method or watch this, a doctrinal emphasis. Jesus Christ alone is the foundation. He is, watch this, the basis of our salvation. And when Paul came to the church at Corinth, he was determined to preach Christ and Christ alone and Him crucified. No, if Jesus Christ is the foundation and He has made the foundation possible and if He is the foundation, if there is any other building that occurs without that foundation, then that building is not the church. Jesus is the foundation. There's a special union that exists between the foundation, the substructure and the superstructure. The building rests upon this foundation. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says there is one God and one mediator, mediator, excuse me, between God and men. The man is Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. Watch this. A foundation does not need a building, but a building needs a foundation. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might bear much fruit. This was a foundation issue with these people because they had forgotten what the superstructure was actually built on. Horizon Church is built on one foundation, not a personality, not a pastor, not a leader. There is one foundation and that foundation is Jesus Christ. This foundation is so amazing that Isaiah 26 verse 4 refers to Him as the eternal rock. That is, it's a permanent foundation. It's a sure foundation. It's an unmovable foundation and we enjoy what we enjoy because of the foundation. 
so many, so many believers, excuse me, get it wrong when they place their eyes on Paul, on Apollos, and on Peter. I remember preaching in a church once, and um, uh, I was telling this story of one morning when I was putting the bins out. I'd forgotten to put the bins out the night before. I heard the truck down the road. Usually I'm very good, but on this occasion, there was a challenge. And so I'm like, you know, rushing the bins out. I'm hearing the truck coming down the street. And I looked across the breadth of the congregation, and this is what people were thinking. You actually put bins out? And as I'm preaching, I'm having an internal dialogue, and I thought to myself, Wow, what a sad culture we live in, where people make heroes out of men and women who preach the gospel. But there's only one hero, one foundation. Well done, my good and famous, ser- I mean, faithful servant. There's only one famous person, there's only one ultimate leader, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation. There's forgiveness, strength for the present, hope for the future. Watch how Paul speaks to this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. You doing okay? Remember your leaders. So when you pray, remember Brad. But it's not actually what uh, the writer, excuse me, of Hebrews is saying. What he's saying is he's speaking, writing to the church, and he's saying, martyred leaders, those who've come, those who've gone. The writer says, remember those leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider their outcome uh, of their way of life and imitate their faith. So the writer says, it's good to remember and to look. However, there's another verse, which is verse eight. And it says, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Human leaders have the ability to teach us, to help us. We can learn so much from emulating their faith, but... Jesus Christ is the same today. Come on. Yesterday, He is the same. He's the same. Nothing changes. He's the ultimate leader. That is, in a changing world, leaders will come, leaders will go. Interest rates will rise. Interest rates will fall. You'll have a nice car. You'll have an old car. Then you'll have a nice car. The world is constantly changing, but there's an unchanging Lord. And the writer is saying, this stone is far more dependable. It's far more trustworthy. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. It's a foundation issue. Jesus, He is Lord. He is God, He is Master, He is Saviour. It's a permanent foundation. Your righteousness is established in Him for eternity. It's an unmovable 
foundation. We are not of Paul, we are not of Apollos, we are not of Peter, neither are we in this extreme Christ faction. What we have is a permanent foundation found in Him. Can we give the Lord a clap offering this morning? Wonderful, wonderful Jesus, Saviour of the world. Paul moves from the foundation then to the superstructure. That is, we must build with the right materials. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed, excuse me, with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. It's not talking about salvation. Salvation is sure, but the work is tested. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So the Apostle Paul, again, dealing with this hero-making culture that's existed in the Corinthian church, is he describes two kinds of opposite materials. Uh, we could say uh, imperishable versus perishable. Uh, gold, silver, precious stones, uh, and of course on the other side, wood, hay and stubble. One's permanent, one's temporary. One's beautiful, the other is ordinary. One's valuable, the other inexpensive. Choice, deficient. So what does it mean then? What does it mean if the foundation is Jesus and we're called to build with gold, silver and precious stones? What is the Scripture talking about? Well, can I help you this morning? You doing okay? Isaiah 28 verse 16 actually gives us a clue. It says this. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone. Here we go. A precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. So Isaiah speaks about then the building, the foundations being laid as a precious cornerstone. Who is the cornerstone? It is, of course, Jesus Christ. In ancient times, in Bible times, a cornerstone was actually used, watch this, as the principal stone. And it was placed as the, where's my picture gone? It is placed as the principal stone and the builder, the master, the wise master builder would use each edge to line up the building. Both Jew and Gentile is connected to the cornerstone. However, all doctrine and all teaching, all thought, all method, all ideas, all strategies, if it's not connected 
to the cornerstone. And that path is not followed. That construction or the path of construction will end up in demise. Everything we do is through the lens of Jesus Christ. We're connected with Him in perfect union. When we build outside of Christ, coming back to our point, we are building wood, hay and stubble. But Paul says, when you build on the foundation and Jesus is the cornerstone, it's likened unto gold, silver and precious stones. There's so much that goes on that's outside of Jesus. So much that is built that's not connected to Him and for His glory. So much that goes on where Jesus is not the centre. Spurgeon speaks to this and he says, a sermon without Christ being mentioned is like a loaf of bread without any flour in it, a brook without water, a cloud without rain, a well which mocks the traveller, a sky without a sun, a night without a star. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Jesus. Why do we do what we do? Why do we worship? Why do we receive communion? Why are we here this morning? To keep your life group leader happy? (laughs) To keep me encouraged? Because we like something or someone in the environment that we're in. We're here for one simple and pure reason because we're connected to a cornerstone. Wonderful Jesus, Saviour of the world. Right foundation, right materials. Lastly, the Apostle Paul encourages these people to build with the right focus. Of course, the members of the Corinthian church were glorifying human leaders, made human leaders amazing. Paul says, this is wrong. So let's see what the message says. (laughs) You doing okay this morning? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21 says in the message paraphrase, I don't want to hear any of you bragging about yourself or anyone else. Everything is already yours as a gift. Verse 22, Paul, Apollos, Peter, the world, I mean, these people, think about this. Read, read the verse correct. Paul's saying, because of what Jesus has done, everything that you actually, you can receive from Paul, you can receive from Apollos, you can receive from Peter, the world, life, death, the present, the future, all of it is actually yours. So why are you associating just with one? when God has granted to you so much and you are privileged to be in union with Christ who is in union with God. So Paul closes his appeal in this hero-making culture by reminding the people how rich they actually are in Christ Jesus. He's saying, 
If you associate with one and you receive from one, you've missed out on the freedom and the gift that God has actually given to you. All of it, the Scripture says, is yours. Receive from a pastor, absolutely. Receive from a teacher. Receive from an evangelist. Receive from a prophetic ministry. Receive from those that God has given uh, an apostolic grace to. It'll fuel you. It'll encourage you. But keep the right focus. Where did it come from? It actually came from God. So this is when it actually becomes wrong. Who's ready? Oh, come on now. Don't fall asleep on me now. This is when it actually becomes wrong. When you glorify Paul, glorify Apollos, glorify Peter, etc., etc. This is when it becomes wrong. Let me don't forget this. Is anything you're gonna remember? Remember this one today when our personal preference becomes a divisive prejudice. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Has your personal preference become a divisive prejudice? There I go, but by the grace of God. Can I give you a wisdom tip? Who's ready for some wisdom? The people on this side are ready for wisdom. The preacher, I've lived long enough now to tell you something. 28 years in ministry full time. Let me tell you something. The preacher that you enjoy the least one day will be the preacher that you need the most. Stay humble. Stay focused on Jesus. Keep Him as the centre of your heart. The centre, slow to speak. Swift to hear, James teaches us. Amen. I might get the whole band up if we can. And we're going to sing Firm Foundation. This week, I was in Papua New Guinea. The reason why I went to Papua New Guinea, it was a quick trip. I was there Monday and I came back Tuesday. (laughs) Um, So there's bags under my eyes. It's because I'm young and fit. (laughs) And um, the reason why I went to Papua New Guinea is because As you know, I serve on our national executive. Uh, We oversee 1,056 churches in Australia. And um, I went with Sean Stanton and John Hunt. We went to meet with their national executive and it it was a rich, it was a a beautiful uh, God-sent meeting. Uh, In Papua New Guinea, they've now got uh, Pentecostal Christianity reached their shores. Uh, I think it was 74 years ago. I remember when I preached at the 70th anniversary in their national stadium, right? When I got presented the certificate, which the staff remade and gave it to Alison. <laughs> anyway, side joke. So um, uh, we finished our meetings and we had an hour window uh, before we needed to be at the airport. So the gentleman who was our driver uh, took us for a, a little bit of a tour through downtown Port Moresby. It's growing like crazy. It's incredible what's happening, our closest neighbouring country in PNG. We're driving around and we're seeing, you know, I saw the Australian consulate, the US are building a huge consulate there. It looks amazing. 
and uh, all kinds of buildings. And I was like, wow, P&G is like, this place is just blowing up. And the driver, the local P&G man says, but see that building, huge building, the second tallest building in Port Moresby. He says, it's unoccupied. I said, why is it unoccupied? He said, well, when they built it, they didn't give attention to the foundation. You go in the building, there's cracks, there's movement. So the whole millions of dollars spent and the whole building needs to come down. When we build outside of Jesus, wood, hay and stubble. This foundation in Him is secure for eternity and it is immovable. Here's the beautiful news. Oh, you gotta hear this now. Here's the, if Jesus is the immovable foundation, His love for you will never, ever change. He is Christ, the firm foundation. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.